unrelenting, unrepentant, and in your face. With a style that is always funny, fresh, and never boring. Join Delhi as he discusses various relevant and trending topics as he keeps you informed, engaged, and entertained. Welcome to Soul Food and Lemonade. Hello everyone and welcome to Soul Food and Lemonade. I am Sharif. And I'm Delhi. We have a guest for you all. Let him introduce himself, tell you a little about him. Hey, what's going on, man? Blessings and balance to everyone um, that's tuning in. Big shout out to y'all. Y'all the real MVPs. The name is Chancellor K. Jackson. I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I wear quite a few different hats. So, you know what I'm saying? Coach, entrepreneur, author, and uh, educator. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. I'll be running. I'll be forgetting my damn <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, I'm going to pose the first question. Chancellor, by listening to your podcast, it was really, really interesting. You know, I believe as a child, you said you wanted to travel the world and the place that you wanted to go to first, if I'm not mistaken, was China. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you fulfilled that dream, correct? Yes, sir. <laughs> but it was not an easy trip to China. <laughs> yeah. Take us from the very beginning, you know, about the dream and how you made it to China in the first place. Yeah. So um, in the introduction of my book, I flash back to a table conversation um, that I'm having with my family at breakfast. I'm probably around like seven or eight years old. And my mom asked my brother and I, she said, what's three places in the world y'all want to go? And I make sure that we go. I instantly said, China. She's like, <laughs> why China? The only logical reason I had at that young age was that's where everything is made. I want to go to the land where you know what I'm saying everything is made. Um, and it's just from that table of conversation alone, man, would come full circle, you know what I'm saying, a few years later. And after I graduated from college in 2018, mm. I landed my first job teaching English to children in China. Um, mm. right. Yeah, so that's how I ended up out there. And I entered China on October 10th, 2018. And it took us about, it took me about a month and a half to get adjusted, um, just far as all the investments, moving into the apartment and waiting for our money to come back rolling in. So once the money come, came back rolling in, it was smooth selling sense. <laughs> it was smooth selling <laughs> Beijing was absolutely amazing. The best experience I've ever had. I encourage, I always encourage people to travel abroad, mm -hmm. but if you can live abroad someplace, fully submerge yourself in a, a new environment, you'll learn so much about yourself and life in general. Um, so it was it was truly enlightening and it was in a harmonious experience. And I was supposed to do a year. That's how long my contract was set for. But I only ended up doing six months before things hit the fan halfway through. But prior to those six months, like I said, China was absolutely amazing. I enjoyed the people. The people were extremely nice. Best customer service I've ever received, hands down. Um, I enjoyed working with the kids. Kids are kids, no matter where you are in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Babies don't be babies. But I was working with kids as young as three years old, all the way up oh, wow. to 14, but mainly working with like the elementary school age range. So I say like kindergarten, about third grade, that was my bread and butter for real. Um, so all our lessons were essentially games to keep them, keep them engaged. So I was 22 at the time, so I was able to match their energy like no other. So we had a blast in class every day. 
Um, so I enjoy working, especially because that's what I was out there to do. I'm like, if I don't enjoy this, that's going to dictate the whole experience. So that was harmonious. Um, the food, authentic Chinese food, like no other. Man, <laughs> it's, it's healthy for you, too. So yeah. I lost a lot of weight while I was out there. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't really trust meat, so I was really on a vegetarian, pescatarian diet. Um, but food was absolutely amazing. Meeting the other foreigners out there, that was a vibe. And just exploring Beijing. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm in a different world, essentially. So <laughs> right. you know I'm living my best life, you know what I'm saying? And then on April 4th, 2019, that's when uh, things take a turn. And um, I'm arrested inside of my apartment. And um, then I served 14 days in the Beijing penitentiary. After my release, I was immediately deported from the country and came back to America. And I was just back at square one all over again, trying to figure out, you know what I'm saying, how I'm going to bounce back from, mm. you know what I'm saying, the setback. And started writing the, um, the book, 14 Days in Beijing. I released it. It went crazy. And from there on, it was just momentum, you know what I'm saying, that carried over to just different endeavors and fields. And now I got a lot of things going on right now. I'm just, you know what I'm saying, continue to lay down this foundation and build on top of it, you know what I'm saying, trying to get established. In a nutshell. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Really, that is amazing. So I definitely want to say one of my first questions is, after the experience, how are you mentally and emotionally after that? Yeah, I, once the, I was in the handcuffs in the first point. We sit, we got to the first precinct. I was sitting in the chair handcuffed, and um, I was in disbelief of you know, everything that transpired, but still just in the moment, truly, truly in the moment. I remember telling myself, I don't know how this thing for the play out, but I just sit tight. Hey, we're going to learn soon enough, <laughs> for sure. Right. But I know when it's all said and done, how whatever I'm about to endure, uh, however this thing about to play out, I'm still going to be good. I'm going to be me. I'm, my spirit's still going to be intact. Mental's still going to be there. I know I'm going to be, I'm still going to be me when it's all said and done. So with that being said, take note of every minor detail because this is going to be a great story to tell once we're out of this predicament. Um, so I was very just level-headed for the most part. You know what I mean? Cool. Um, can't get, we learned that in football. You can't get too high, can't get too low. You got to stay even keel. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. of course, throughout the course of the game, you're going to experience it. It's going to be a roller coaster. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So just got to you know what I'm saying, stay in the middle. Um, especially in the fog of war in a situation like that, that's when the real leader thrives. You know what I'm saying? So um, just mm-hmm. being, you know what I'm saying, just level-headed and making sure I can make the most logical decisions. Can't make no real decision based on emotions. So, right. you know what I'm saying? You got to act that out, especially in a crucial situation like this. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? So, okay. So. Um, but just to backtrack, what led up to the uh, to you being in the j- in jail in China? Can you can you go into that if you would like to go into that? Yeah, yeah. And so, then, um, yeah. Yes, it's uh, April 4th, 2019. It's a day off for me. Um, the company I work for, they host team builder events every month. So I'm finna get go- I'm finna get ready to go to one of their events and we supposed to be customizing our own Chinese fans. So I'm like, okay, that's gonna be cool. cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So before I go, I'm like, I'm a pregame. Now, for those that don't know what pregaming is, say you and a group of folks are gonna go out and have a night full of festivities. But before mm-hmm. y'all go out, y'all say, Hey, we're gonna meet up at so and so house first. Yeah. Turn up at their house, then we're gonna go out and have any more fun. So yeah. I'm in the apartment. I'm drinking some Chinese wine coolers. I'm smoking some cannabis on my little silver pipe, uh, listening to music, just vibing. I get done, get dressed, make sure I got everything I need before I get ready to walk out the door. 
Mm -hmm. I hear a knock. Guests aren't unfamiliar, so I'm curious to see who it is. I look through the people, and there's the three officers from the Beijing police. Hmm. Instantly, I got sick to my stomach. I'm spooked, like, oh, what they doing here? So <laughs> right. scramble everything up, open the door, and they walk in. The officer in front, he's questioning. He's speaking, but it's a language barrier. I don't know what it, it's written on my face. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So he right. opens the phone, speaks into the translator app, and shows me uh, the translation. And I read it, says, are you on drugs? Wow. Nah, family, what you talking about? Who is this guy? What you mean? Passport? Yeah, you might want to see my passport. You got me confused with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I go grab my passport, visa, uh, my apartment contract. I grabbed all my documentation, set it in, uh, on the table. Like, huh, this is what you need to look at right here, play. I don't know what type of time you own, but you got me confused with somebody else. But check this out right here. You know what I'm saying? This is who I am. So he sits down. He's looking over my documents. The other two officers, they're just, you know what I'm saying, scoping the apartment out. They ain't really looking into nothing. They're just walking around, looking around. A um, few minutes pass, another officer enters the apartment. He has something in his hand. I really can't make heads or tails what it is, nor am I devoting that much energy towards trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but he hands the item to the officer that's looking over my documents. And that officer tells me that I need to pee into the cup. So it's a drug test right there on the spot. Wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, it's over with. <laughs> it's over with. I do the drug test, fail the drug test, of course. Um, and at this point, it's about eight officers in the apartment. They ransack the place, and one speaks English fluently. So he's questioning me about failing the drug test. When's the last time I smoked? If I had any more, who I get it from? You know what I'm saying? That whole nine. Yeah. Now, mind you, I just got enough smoking pride in them knocking on my door. So I'm still high. <laughs> it's war. I'm panicking, yet still trying to keep my composure. So every question that this officer poses to me, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm just blurting out. I ain't really thinking about it, nothing. And it got to a point within interrogation where I was catching myself in my own lie. So I knew for a fact he more than likely was catching me in the same lie. Mm -hmm. But I'm from Atlanta, a.k.a. the city of finesse. You live by the finesse, you die by the finesse. So, I'm just going back and forth with this officer. And once he realized I wasn't going to give him anything that he could work with, that's when he was like, all right, straight up. You know what I'm saying? You caught red-handed. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, I died by the finesse this time. It's all good. I live to finesse another day. <laughs> um, I hold myself accountable. <clears throat> so I fess up to it. They confiscate everything, throw the cuffs on me, escort me out the building, sit me down in the police van. And we get to the first precinct. And we're there briefly for like 20 minutes. Then we get back in the van. I have no clue where we're going now. We arrive at another precinct. It's a little bigger, um, has holding cells. So they throw me in the holding cell with um, about eight other Chinese men. And I'm in the holding cell for about 20 minutes before they come get me. And then they take me down to the basement of the precinct. And then we enter this white room. And in the middle of this white room, is this metal chair that looks like an electric chair. Mm -hmm. So they walk me over to the chair and they open it. And they just sit there looking at me. And I'm looking back at them. I look at the chair, look back at them. Look at the chair again and look back at them. <laughs> like, y'all like, really want me to sit on this type of chair? And they just looking at me with a straight face. You thought so you were I about to be uh, executed or something? I have no clue, but they just, <laughs> I sat down. You know what I'm saying? So this chair locked my shins, thighs, waist, chest, and arms all in one oh, wow. I could move was my head. So I did oh my, my whole interrogation locked in this chair, just like this. Um, wow. Two officers entered the room. Um, one is do, doing all the questioning, the other one is transcribing the interrogation. 
But up until this point, that gave me plenty of time to come up with a good story to finesse them with. So I gave them my fabricated story. <laughs> um, once we was done, they brought the transcription over for me to read. But mind you, it's all written in Mandarin. So I have no clue right. what this thing is. But they say to sign it. I sign it. They say thumbprint it. I thumbprint it. They release me from the chair. I'm like, all right, bet. We go upstairs. They take my mugshot, handprint, and then they throw me back in the holding cell. And now I'm just reflecting on the entire day, everything that's transpired from the apartment to precincts to the interrogation, just thinking about just creating different scenarios of what I could have did better at the apartment, what I could have said better during the interrogation. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just that whole nine. So but, um, let me just interject one minute. So was it someone who called the cops in the oh, first place? Theater, yeah. It's still a mystery to this day. I get asked all the time what possessed them to come to the apartment. I have no clue. Right. Like, if first somebody set you up, like, that is, like, that's crazy. They just randomly knocked on your door. But this wasn't the first time. Up. They just randomly showed up to the door either. It's like oh, this wasn't time. the first time. Oh, no, okay, okay. Oh. First time, the first time they showed up was uh, to check our visas to see if we were who we said we were. Okay. The second time was to... And remind us about some safety hazard. So I'm like, so the third time they showed up, I'm like, okay, this must be like a routine thing that they do mm -hmm. before. So I'm not thinking none much of it. You know what I'm saying? So I have no clue what possessed them to knock on my door. It's still a mystery to this day. Wow. I get I hear a lot of different scenarios, different opinions, but I'm like, hey. So now <laughs> I get to this question really, because you had your incident with this, and then we had the thing that transpired with Brittany Garner, and then mm -hmm. we've had multiple things of black men and women or just overall Americans going out of the country and something like this happens with, they just have a little bit of weed and yeah. you ready to put them under the jail. So <laughs> with knowing all this, how do you feel now? Like this is crazy to hear how long you were in there, how long she was in there. Like she was in almost I mean, a year and you were in for there sure. for 14 days. Like if you had a little more, who knows how long they would have tried to keep you. Facts. Facts. Like, I mean, I just, I just look at it as like, that's like me coming over to y'all house, me kicking my feet up on y'all coffee table. You know what I'm saying? Making it like I'm like it's my shit. Right. Who's really violating? Very true. I'm the guest. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I, I was exactly tripping. What you're saying. Yeah, definitely. I was tripping. You know what I'm saying? For sure. <laughs> I was so really big. That is people need to if you're going to travel out to the country, you should make yourself more knowledgeable of Without what this country is doesn't like because over With here the laws yeah the laws like yeah. because over here as you see now weed is nothing but as yeah. other countries they take it extremely serious like <laughs> like it's, that is crazy for a little but bit of weed that hey, you man, were in like, jail for 14 days and others have been in there for months and it's like you would think that they was a murderer or something like <laughs> but here I am, a foreigner in somebody else's hometown, somebody right. else's backyard, moving like an American. Right. To the foot. Right. That's, That's the American way. Countries don't like Americans. Exactly. But it's look how America was established. What did folks do? They came over here, destroyed everything, and did what they wanted to do and built yeah. what we call America today. That's yeah. the American way. <laughs> so that's all I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Then, I was treating. And then the same six systems start arresting people for sometimes nothing. And uh, it, it is sad because um, we want people to live by the rules. But the rules is flawed. In the, yeah. <laughs> the whole yeah. justice system is flawed. But That's anyway, back to your story. Um, what was the, the uh, 
inability to speak the language fluently. I'm sure that was a a a, a factor, yeah. a serious factor in everything that you were going through because they were communicating at times, and even though there was a translator, I'm sure they weren't translating every single thing to you. Right. What Nobody was going through your mind during that process? Nobody communicated anything to me. Only time the folks spoke to me or asked me anything was geared towards the drugs. Aside from mm. that, it was no communication Nothing. whatsoever. Oh, it was man. Literally, as you read the entire 14 days, you don't know what's going on. You learn as you go. I'm here to tell y'all I did 14 days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. For real. You know what I'm saying? That's But that's what makes the story what it is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, it's a mystery. You have no clue. You have no clue. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, But I knew... I knew a little bit of the language. I ain't have, you know what I'm saying, absolutely no knowledge, but it's very, very basic, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. conversation. Ain't no full in-depth dialogue happening. No. Right. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no. Yeah. But I knew just enough to move and groove. Um, but yeah, them folks weren't talking to me unless they was asking me about drugs. So I, nah, it was silencio, silence, quiet. <laughs> Nada, Nathan, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Nothing going on. And as far as where you spoke about the conditions of the prison, can you go mm -hmm. into depth with that? Because you said, Ed, for the most part, you were not able to be outside at all. Oh, yeah. And then the conditions of the prison is trash. Yeah. So I wanted you to give your deep in-depth of that. Yeah, so um, once we got to the actual jail, um, we get to cell 209. And mine was like 4 o'clock in the morning at this point. Mm -hmm. And the CO opens the door. Instantly, my psyche is thrown by the setup of the cell. Cell ain't nothing but a big rectangle. 15 yards in length, about 10 yards in width. Um, you take one huge step into the cell, and then you're met with the, the beds, which are wooden bunks, and they start from right there and stretch all the way to the back. Um, on the beds is a huddle of bodies sleeping in the book. I describe it as a slumber party. So across from the slumber party are two Chinese inmates standing up against the wall, wide awake, watching them sleep. So of course, with them yeah, I, I have no clue what they're doing, but they're they were inmates. You said they were inside the cell. Yeah. Inside the cell, like you got two people standing against the wall watching everybody else sleep. Were they so, inmates, or you think they're yeah, just? They no, they were inmates. Oh man, Chinese that's kind of scary. Wow. So of course, with them being awake, we make eye contact. The last thing they expected to see come walking through the door was a brother with locks. The last thing I expected to see was two Chinese folks watching other Chinese folks sleep. So <laughs> right. this moment of, you know what I'm saying, confusion, just trying to figure out what's going on, make sense of each other. Um, and I can tell, they, I was just as surprised to see them doing what they're doing as they was surprised to see me come walking through the door. Mm -hmm. But I do a head count of everybody in the cell. All right, including me, it's 15 of us in this cell. I count the beds. All right, it's nine of them in total. Well, it makes sense why I look like a slumber party on the beds. Um, to the left is the bathroom. It's its own separate room, but all the walls are made of glass. You got a regular sink, um, a squat toilet. So pretty much a hole in the ground, you got a squat toilet. The shower ain't nothing but a water hose and the shower head duct taped together. You got black mold coating the walls, gnats and insects, oh. stuff flying out. So it's not the most sanitary place to say the least. Oh my so I walk over to the slumber party trying to find a spot to lie down <laughs> and they make room for me. And they had me set my bowl and my spoon in the cubbies underneath the beds. So I lay down between these two Chinese dudes, with my hands on my chest like this here, and I'm staring at the bright light on the ceiling. And that's when reality fully kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> fully kicked in. 
Like we in here, nobody knows we're in here. Nothing has been explained to us. We just signed a bunch of stuff we couldn't read. And we're more than likely the only English speaker in the cell right now. Mm -hmm. So it's not really looking too good, but hey, I got to hold myself accountable. I can't place the blame or point the finger at nobody else for me being in this predicament but me. So with that being said, I got to take this to the chin, however it's going to play out. Now, moving forward, what the hell needs to happen to speed up this process? Well, people got to realize you're in here. All right. So what needs to happen in order for that? Well, you were supposed to meet colleagues and friends at that event the day you got, you know what I'm saying, today, and you didn't show up. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they called you and you didn't answer. Is that a red flag? No, not really, but you know what I'm saying? It's weird. Mm-hmm. Now, when you don't show up for work, Saturday and Sunday, our busiest days of the week, all hell is breaking loose because now they got to find somebody to cover all your classes last minute. And mm-hmm. one of those colleagues I was going to meet at that event, me and her worked at the same school. And she's from Atlanta, too. So oh. she was going to know, all right, he didn't show up to the event. Now he ain't showing up for work. Red flag. Okay, so, right. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, boom, that's one factor. The other one, I had a girlfriend at the time that still lived in America, and we talked regularly. I said, when I don't respond to two of her messages, all hell is breaking loose. So I know for a fact I'm going to have to at least sit through the weekend. It's Friday morning now, so hopefully come Monday, the search for me will begin then. Um, so as of right now, we're just going to take it one day at a time, and come Monday we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but, yeah, we locked up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 15 men to one cell, nine wooden beds, Ooh. Three soups a day, and all I had was that one plastic bowl and that one plastic spoon for the fourteen days. Fourteen days. How how did you cope throughout this whole process? I mean, that would have <clears> throat> driven throat> some people yeah. crazy. How? <laughs> what was your coping mechanism during all of this? I mean, accountability. Accountability. Okay. accountability. You can't. Uh, people can. Uh, how can you? How was you able to handle it? But I don't think y'all are taking heed to the fact that I made a conscious decision and I knew the repercussions from it. And now that shit has hit the fan, <laughs> like, bro, I have to hold myself accountable. I have to take this to the chin, however it's going to play out, regardless. So it is what it is in regards to that. Now, I know, and I, like, I, know I was going to be good. I just don't know how this thing's going to play out. So I just got to sit tight, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and take it one mm-hmm. step at a time. Um, it was a lot of reflection those first three days. A lot of I can't speak to nobody in this cell, and we don't leave the cell. So, uh, when the last when's the last time you got to reflect, and how long did you reflect? You ain't got to answer. Just you know, what I'm saying, just think about it. Yeah. Now think about it, if you had seventy two hours just to sit on your ass and do nothing but that. Mm. That's a lot of self discovery that would take place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Very we have distractions in our everyday life that we can't even afford to sit down for that long, and you know what I'm saying, take that time to reflect. So it's like, yeah, it was there. It was, it was ugly, but it was beneficial at the same time. And but the universe and my ancestors knew three days is all that. You know what I'm saying? That's as long as I needed to. You know what I'm saying? Sit down and think about everything. And on day four, chapter four, I moved to an entirely new cell. And in that new cell, I'm amongst other foreigners. Three of them. Mm. One is a Russian dude from Russia. He only speaks Russian and Mandarin, so I can't talk to him. But the other foreigner is a uh, Chinese American from California, speaks okay. English and Mandarin. So okay, chopping it up. And the third foreigner is a Brazilian from Brazil. Of course, he speaks Portuguese, Mandarin, and English. So oh. I got people I can talk to now, and with them speaking Mandarin, I can communicate with everybody in the city. Mm-hmm. Right, so now we start to learn 
um, about all these different characters, their different backgrounds, and they learn about me. And now, most importantly, I can start making sense about how the jail operates, how right. this process works. Mm-hmm. But I still have no clue how long I'm going to be here. But ironically enough, everybody else knows all the information. <laughs> everybody so but you. What they was arrested for, their specific charges, how many days they supposed to serve, everything. Me on my ass, no clue. <laughs> now, let me ask you, that person you met before you were moved to the cell, where you actually have people that you could communicate with who understands you, there was a Chinese man, was he a Chinese man you had met yeah, who yeah, yeah. somewhat kind of befriended you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I um, reference him as my representative, but mm-hmm. he ended up calling me, hey, you know, I'm your Chinese brother. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, we tried then. Um, mm-hmm. But it was crazy. Um, even though he didn't speak English worth a damn, and I barely knew a lick of Mandarin, right. we was able to tap in and connect and learn so much about each other, and we could not speak to each other verbally whatsoever. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's still mind boggling to me to this day how we was able to learn so much about each other just through mime and ge- miming and gesturing and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but yeah, he definitely showed a lot of love. He looked out for me um, <clears throat> as far as just making sure I was straight, you know what I'm saying? Make sure I can eat and you know what I'm saying? All of that. But um, yeah, he was very, very, very cool. But he only ended up doing like three days and like on day four, they, you know what I'm he was gone. So that was mm. my last time ever seeing him. Um, mm. <clears throat> So once I got to the new cell, it was like, damn, I lost one, I lost a friend, but I gained two more. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. really three more. Yeah. So it was like, it was, it was still a, a vibe with that uh, being said. And I definitely want to say, I give you a lot of respect because what you said about accountability, because I think we were talking about this on another show where we were like, it's always crazy that you'll have people saying, free my friend, free my friend. If your friend just stole cars or like just killed somebody, why you say free your friend? I know what like, you know. <laughs> they're guilty. Like, and that, that's something that a lot of people don't do in regular life or in a situation like yours. You knew you was going to a foreign country. You knew you made the choice. Thanks. So I definitely give you respect for that because people don't take that accountability. And like you said, that reflection time that you took for you to now be out and able to write a book and do a podcast about it. People don't. T- if you take that responsibility and accountability, yeah. then you do what you did. It's way better than how other people go about it. Now, well, I, I know you mentioned taking responsibility, but what lesson did you learn from the entire experience? What's the big takeaway from that experience? Really, the whole the whole venture to China was a first step towards me learning. Finally, re-identifying myself. I played mm-hmm. football the vast majority of my life. Mm-hmm. High school, I played all throughout college. Once football came to the end, I knew the NFL wasn't in the picture. I was at a crossroad. Chance, mm-hmm. what, what's next? What are we finna do? Who are you? What do you like to do? What are you good at? What do you aspire to be? What's your purpose? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I couldn't answer any of these things. And I ain't even know where to start. I know I had to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. I was mainly applying for corporate positions sales marketing management that whole nine landed interviews but couldn't land no position they kept hitting me with the same BS excuse oh yeah, we're gonna go with somebody with a little bit more experience you know what i'm saying when i submitted my resume it's plain as day on my resume i ain't got no experience right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying we all set up all of this we didn't made it this far now y'all talking about you know what i'm saying y'all gonna hit me with the experience but it was like 
That's a show we need to do. Mm-hmm. That's a show we need to do about graduating college. And, and they man, expect you to have 10 years experience. When I just got out of school, how yeah. am I going to do, how am I going to get the experience if you don't let me work? You don't give you a chance to work. <laughs> to work. I, know. I know. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I'm hungry. I'm ambitious. I got a lot of great skill sets. You show me the ropes. I, I mean, I'm going to take it around with it. But <clears throat> so I'm, after eight months of applying and for corporate positions, getting told no, I was like, I gotta re, <laughs> re. I gotta go about this job. Yeah. Let me look into something, a different field. Clearly, corporate ain't for me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, with me switching up my job session, that's why I came across the opportunity to teach English in China. Mm. You couldn't tell. I was a, like I said, I played football. You couldn't being a teacher. That was nowhere. That wasn't even a thought. As far as come on. So it's like, like I'm, I'm just showing you how hungry I am as far as mm-hmm. just trying to find some type of opportunity. So this what is the first job you tell me yes. First companies give me a chance on the other mm, side of the world. This is what we do. So and I knew once it was all said and done, I'm like at the end of this year, when I'm in China, I know this is gonna be a great step towards me finding whatever my next thing is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna help set me up for the next step or the next phase of this journey. Um I didn't plan it for it to go the way that it went, right. but right. You know, for real, it was exactly that. You know what I'm saying? So when it was all said and done, bro, I learned. Now I can sit here and tell you everything about me, what I'm supposed to be doing, all of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then with that was fun. What was your major in college? Communication and media studies. So what we're doing right now is my cup of tea. Oh, <laughs> exactly. That's great. Definitely. Now let me ask you this also. Um with this experience that you've been through, are you now doing speaking engagement to tell your story and to hopefully help someone not to fall in the same trap that you <laughs> fell in. For sure. For sure. Um, I That's work cool. with average teens in my county that have got arrested for drugs. <laughs> we use 14 days in Beijing as a part of our, you know what I'm saying, source to pull our life skills from. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, I coach high school football. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm still working with kids and just teach them game. You know what I'm saying? The knowledge of the, of the game. Of course, mm-hmm. everything you learn from football can be translated into your career, you know what I'm saying, your everyday uh, activities, all of that. Um, and then I tutor uh, kids at an elementary school. So I, oh, nice. in essence, I'm still pouring into these kids and showing them, and these folks know exactly what I got going on, what I've been through, all of that, you know what I'm saying? But it make they can relate to that. Right. For sure. You, a lot of these kids, <laughs> parents, you know what I'm saying, doing what they're doing. So they've been exposed to a lot at a very young age, you know what I'm saying? So they already know what's going on. And then with technology, mm-hmm. <laughs> I Let's know. not be gullible. Let's no, not be naive. Technology. Folks know what's going on. These kids know what's going on. Yeah, right? exactly. So just keep it 100 with them. I ain't no man, ain't some shot, man. Keep it all the way 100 with them. For real, for real. That's the best way to learn. So, yeah, I'm in those aspects. I'm still working. And I coach aspiring authors now. So anybody out there with a story or like an idea or a concept for a story but don't know how to go about putting it on paper, mm-hmm. or if you've written a whole book but don't know how to go about publishing, I can mm-hmm. walk you through either or process of both of them if need be. That is awesome. That is really good because mm-hmm. that's that is very necessary. Like you said, in the communities of black youth, so needed to yeah. have somebody give you their experience and tell you where you don't have to go into the pitfalls and you don't have to mm-hmm. fall into the cracks where you can what you can actually avoid. And this one, I had to ask this because I'm thinking of the advancement that I, that you always hear about China, them being so advanced technology. <laughs> Did you ever expect their prison to be like that? <laughs> Uh, man, I, that nah, sounds like some third world prison. 
I ain't had no clue, but the technology was advanced though, you know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy when I got back to America, when the mobile page was just now sparking and you know what I'm saying? Like QR codes, I'm like, okay, damn, that was regular everyday life in China. We just right. not getting hit to it. So I'm like, That's okay. what I tell people that, you know, China and some other countries are far more, more advanced. advanced ahead of a lot so, of the technology. We are like about the last person <laughs> you see, you see what is it? Um, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. I know how yeah. um, how out of this world Dubai look now. Everybody wants to go visit Dubai and right. Abu Dhabi, and you see how much technology they have, and they've been built up for a while. And oh, with yeah. how much we already knew that China had, that's why I'm like, their prison is like what? Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you, though. I have a question for you. Besides the the, the experience that you had in prison, okay. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what is reported here in the U.S. about China? And I'm talking about any and everything that is reported uh, to us here in America about China. You being there on the ground, is there any difference in, the, in what they report? And what it actually and is. And what it actually is based on your experience being there. You were um, there for what, six months? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have... Uh, we have a lot of, now it is a very strict country, it's still a communist country, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, it's, you are monitored, <laughs> right? If you think so a lot, you're heavily monitored. I mean, but here in America, oh. we're monitored. It isn't to that degree, but right. yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, it, they just have control over everything. Everything's monopolized. Mm. They have they own everything. They don't need, they really don't need anybody else to work it down. They just, just know it's money, you know what I'm saying? If, Involved, we you know say work with other people. We start building in other places aside from China, um, and Chinese people are everywhere. You know what I'm saying? They they, they colonize in the world, but they doing oh, yeah. it. They on the Europeans type of time. They just coming with you on some business tip. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? We gonna, we gonna break bread with you, if anything. You know what I'm saying? And y'all definitely be able to come to our country. You know what I'm saying? They they doing it a whole lot better mm -hmm. than uh, the Europeans did. But it, we have a lot of misconceptions about the the Chinese. Um, and just how, how they are, especially most people of color's experience with Chinese people here in America. Only time you really engage with Chinese people is you at their restaurants, their nail salons, their mm -hmm. beauty supplies. It's in that type of, you know what I'm saying, environment. It ain't like you taking classes with China, straight Chinese people. And, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It ain't on that type of time. You, mm -hmm. It's always on some uh, business tip. And it's, we shopping with them. You know what I'm saying? It ain't they ever shopping with us. So, um, that's where our misconceptions really lie, because it's like it's stereotypical, and it's the same end of the coin for them. You know what I'm saying? It's all ignorance on both ends of the coin. We just mm -hmm. as ignorant as they are to us. You know what I'm saying? So it's just all about being willing to be open-minded <laughs> first and foremost, and open to learning about all the subtle differences and major differences between us as people. You know what I'm saying? Cultures and all of that for sure. Okay, the racism that we hear. I, I know a lot of Africans yeah. on YouTube spoke about the level of racism that they experience in China. Mm. Is that towards, have you seen that firsthand? Yeah, um, so with my experience, <laughs> I really ain't experienced any ill will or malicious intent from, okay. like I said, when I talked about Chinese people earlier, what I said, they were extremely nice. Well, yeah, it, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Now, for other folks, everybody's experience is different. 
Right. I, I say if anybody that will experience some form of racism, it be the women. All anytime I'm speaking with women of color, they the ones that got all the stories. Yeah, I do hear that. Oh, really? They don't try men like that, but the women they'll try them up. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say that. We know that in other countries, Americans are treated differently from a lot of people from other countries, specifically mm-hmm. black folks from other countries. Mm-hmm. Could it be a situation where you may have been treated differently, even though? even though you experienced some things or some things that were not explained to you, blah, blah, blah. But could it just be that, okay, because you're an American, your situation turned out the way it turned out. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. For and sure. because America. you're black, I'm not saying this is what happened, yeah. but could it be that because... You're a black American or a black person in general. Your time seemed to have been longer than some of the citizens of China. What's your perception? What what went Uh, on to your mind? So um, in that regards, uh, all the Chinese people, they all, the Chinese inmates, they all had shorter sentences than the foreigners. Um, It's Mm. because... the foreigners' process is, is just different. Once you okay. you get arrested, uh, best believe once you, it's time for you to go, you getting hell up at this country. So, but it, so with that being said, it ain't like you get released and you go back to your apartment and it's over. No, you getting on. So with the Chinese folks, they get released, they just go back home. That's mm-hmm. it. They well, do their time yeah. and they go. Now for foreigners, it's a longer process because now they got the immigration dude got to find somebody to uh, buy you a plane ticket. So. Well, he got to find your plane ticket for whenever uh, your time is up. So based on whenever that that day for that ticket, that's going to be a real release date. So you mm-hmm. have to you're going to do longer than what you uh, sentenced to uh, serve. Um, and then, because you have to wait until the whole process comes through, find, right? He got to find a plane ticket, and then once mm-hmm. he find a plane ticket, he got to get in contact with whoever you said can buy the plane ticket. And then you know what I'm saying they got to wait on that whoever that person is to buy the plane ticket. And once that process is done, all right, boom. Whatever date that is, that's your actual release date. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't going because you get because they're they're deporting you from the country. That's why you're serving longer times. Oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Now that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense But um, no. I remember when we first got there, we was at like one of the little flea markets, and I was me. It was about five of us. We got black dudes. We got white dudes. You know what I'm saying? It's a mix of us, and we just in the flea market. And one of the white dudes walked up to a merchant and was asking about, about some product. And he was like, he heard the accent. He's like, oh, you American? Oh, no, nah, I don't even want to do no business with you. That's because Trump was the president at the time. So, you know what I'm saying? He ain't like oh, the yeah. Trump's like, oh, no, nah, I don't even want to do no business with you. Wow. you can shop I don't care where you shop with. You can't even shop with me, though. You know what I'm saying? I just don't like Trump. I don't like what he represents. But now it's yeah. the first time I'm like, okay, damn. But it wasn't like he was treating us like that because of our skin tone. Nah, right. it's because our president. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like one person. Yeah. <laughs> you know I understand. <laughs> he messed it up for a lot of us going to other countries. Like I understand that we America was a joke when he he was around. I know. Like a lot of countries did not see yeah, us. America was the butt of every joke. Right. You know? Like just because he was the president. They're like yeah. really, this guy? No. Um. I remember you also mentioned an American guy that was locked up for over a year. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Explain to me briefly what happens in this situation. If you know whatever you know. Yeah. So um, when I moved to that new cell, I want to say it's yeah. So it's day five, chapter five. I'm in a new cell with the other foreigners, and we're waking up doing the typical morning routine, and um, the window is open in the cell. So just randomly, I just start hearing this voice coming through the window. And I don't know where the voice is coming from. It's I'm like, it's coming from another another window, but it has to be closer to the cell because I hear this man clear as day. When I was in the first cell, I didn't hear him at all. Um, so he was just pretty much, every morning he gave the same speech, who he was, how long he had been in there. How, he don't know how long he's going to be in this, being here. He probably going to wow. die. Nobody knows he's in, he's in here. If you wow. can, his wife works, lives in Canada, works at this school. If you can get in contact with somebody once you get out to help him get, you know what I'm saying, help him get up out of this situation. He got a cash reward prize for you. You know what I'm saying? That whole nine. And I'm hearing this. I'm like, boy, what the hell? <laughs> and everybody else just sitting, in, just sitting down. <laughs> like, it ain't nothing. I'm like, Nobody but y'all hear that? Like, but it's, yeah. I can only relate to it. And I felt for him because my situation is pretty much similar. But I don't mm -hmm. know how long I'm going to be here. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, right. but that could be me. You know what I'm saying? So, right. um, yeah, that that was crazy, though. You know what I'm saying? I never met Cuz, never saw him. I just heard him. <laughs> mm. I just heard him. I just heard his voice. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I made sure to put his message within the book. So if anybody out there wanted to take it upon themselves to try to reach, research him up, or, right. you know what I'm saying? And that way, that's my version of helping you, for sure. But he's probably <laughs> still, still there for whatever Man. reason. Yes. You at least did what you could, definitely. You definitely did put so, it out there. You definitely did do what you could. Yeah. Definitely, you don't know him, so it's like you can only do but so much, and you did right. what you could, so that does matter. But the question I pose is, you said it was you and a few other American teachers that were all teaching at the same school? We were uh, all hired from the same company around mm -hmm. the same time, so we it was like a recruiting class almost. Okay. So we all entered China to do our training around this, at the same time. So okay. it was like 27 of us. So, yeah, in that aspect. But once we finished training, we all went to completely different schools. Oh, okay. You know yeah, yeah. So do you have any contact with any of them? Are they still there? Oh, yeah. or? Like, of course, you know what I'm saying? You don't you form your tribe, for sure. I got me. I form my tribe amongst, you know what I'm saying, that group. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'm still in contact with uh, a good portion of them. Well, not, I say a few of them, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The ones I was locked in with, yeah. Now, do you plan to uh, probably sell your story to be made into a film or whatever one day? You know, because, I mean, it's your story. It's your experience. And yeah. sometimes people shy away from telling their true story. You know, yeah. they may, you know, feel like they're going to be judged. Yeah, think they're going to be judging everything. Do you plan on taking it to the mainstream? I mean, yeah, a bigger platform yeah. than you have right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's like yeah. like once you know, I released the book and the numbers, the the main genres it was going number one in was dramas in place. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The way I even wrote it, it's almost like a script. So in essence, like that, I. Subconsciously, so I was setting it up for it to be just that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? Screen, and I really don't care if it's a movie, if it's a documentary, if it's right. a series, show series. Uh, anime would be dope too. I, you know what I'm saying? I really don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all of them. 
Well, reach out to Tyler Perry, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's right down there, you know. Put some strings. I can see this being a film. I can see this being. Yeah, I definitely can see it being a film. As I listen to you tell it. Through the, uh, the audio, I was yeah. hearing like everything and yeah. picturing it all when you were saying it, like, <laughs> as descriptive and everything. And as you were putting it, I'm like, oh no, I, oh yeah. Hell? And the different like, you like, did the, those different voices of those men also, right? <laughs> you see, yeah. you're a born <laughs> actor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this definitely needs to be a movie. I can see this movie right now. I'm like, either um, some like you said, somebody. I make it happen on my own, or you know, what I'm saying I meet somebody and we can, you know, what I'm saying collaborate. Well, I feel so like far I you've feel done like- it on your own. I think, I think, I think if you keep keep on pressing and keep on telling your story, the opportunity is gonna come for for it to get to to the ears of everyone. Yeah. I believe that, you know, yeah. because I, it was very compelling, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it was I very was compelling. I'm like, wait, he said, who did what? <laughs> talk about the damn bathroom situation. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, uh, oh, is no, that no. the standard bathrooms or just that in the prison in China? No, nah, that's no nah, shit. It's rare to come across a bathroom in China, anywhere in China that has a Western style toilet, like a oh, toilet that we sit on. So uh, the yeah. toilet are are all it's like crazy. squat toilets. Mm-hmm. For the most part, oh my god, that that's sounds like cool. slavery day stuff. You are happy to be an American. I, I, this is well, I'm from Jamaica, right? And yeah, the, the, the ghettos here, I can tell you right now, Have ghettos here are policies and hotels, right? Compared to Jamaica. compared to where I'm from, the jails <laughs> here are luxury compared to where I'm from. It's okay, like what you it's like what you're describing. So, I mean, if if that's your experience, imagine if I was in that situation and that situation was worse than what I am used to. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I would have survived Just two days. And you, said, and you said the regular, like your regular apartment, that's how the bathroom was as well? Well, no, we had a Western toilet in our apartment. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I can't, yeah. I can't do that. Mm-mm. Now, when all is said and done, what is the, 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 the main lesson you want people to take away from your experience? For sure. Um, it's really a message, and it's a message slash quote from Nipsey Hussle that's mm-hmm. a great representation or example of you know what I'm saying? What I went through and what plenty of us have gone through, you know what I'm saying? Finna go through, I already went through. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know who Nipsey Hussle was, Nipsey Hussle was a mogul, philanthropist, philosopher, serial entrepreneur, but known for his music and his clothing mm-hmm. line. He's from South Central LA, you know what I'm saying? Rolling 60's Crip. And the message is long-winded, running through this life like it was mine. Mm. Never settling, but setting every goal high. 1,000 burpees on the path to my own self-destruction or success. But what is a mistake without the lesson? Mm. You see, the best teacher in life is your own experience. And none of us know who we are until we fail. Ah. They say every person is defined by their reaction to any given situation. So who would you want to define you? Someone else Mm. or yourself? Mm. Whatever you choose to do, homie, get your heart to it. That's powerful, bro. That is powerful. I completely agree with that. It. Is <laughs> like, I completely agree with that. So this experience just pretty much just uh, elevate you to another level. Help to elevate yeah. you to another level. 
For sure. Yeah, like I said, man, I played football. And once that shit came to end, I didn't know what the hell. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What I was going to do. What was next? You know what I'm saying? So it's everything that transpired, it took all of that for me to be exactly where I am now and mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing. For sure. I definitely I definitely agree. And that uh, the quote that you just read resonates definitely for accountability for where you want to be in life or where you are in life. You're responsible for your ups, your downs, and where you're going on your journey because everybody's journey is their own. And you're That's, responsible for mm-hmm. it. Don't try and get, don't let anybody take control of it. And don't give it to anybody else. That I definitely agree with. And sure. you know what? Sometimes we go through stuff and we think it's the worst thing that have ever happened in our entire life. Not realizing that people are going through these waivers. things are stepping stones. It's like right. going up a ladder, right? One step at a time. But when you get to the top of the ladder and you take a, a panoramic view and see mm-hmm. what you couldn't see when you were flat on the ground. When you were in it, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people cannot see that. You can't see the light when you are in the darkness and in oh, the storm. Exactly. People cannot see it. And I understand that because, please, we talked about it all the time, where you, you're in the depression, you're in the anxiety. You don't feel when it's going to be over, when you're going to get past it but you got to always know that you will and keep that in your mind like you said the mental experience was the biggest thing for you where you got your mental so much better mm-hmm. and that's a big thing that people need a mental break because you had that break from technology from the world from <laughs> everything <laughs> like, yeah. that mental break and reset is definitely necessary Amazing. i definitely agree with that um, I have to say this is um, this is the first interview we've ever done. No, the, I think this is the second interview we've done where someone actually tell their story. And uh, but I must say that this one really took the cake for me. <laughs> um, if for any reason you 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 get a, another chance to visit China, would you? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That bring everything full circle. And mm. I would document. I would record the whole I would document the whole thing. Oh yeah. That'd be great content to have. That really, <laughs> Take yeah. y'all on a tour of what I was on, my oh, everyday I, life. Oh, we would definitely, oh yeah. We would that, oh yeah. That would that would be we that would be something would. to behold. I would, love, I would love to see that. I would love to see everything but the prison. Just like you know, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be lit though. If I go back to the jail, but the prison. Stop hitting on the president. <laughs> Show I would me go back to the jail. <laughs> That would be lit if I could go back, though. You know what I'm saying? Especially interview an inmate in there. That would be hard. Yeah. Oh, that would be yeah. amazing for a yeah. movie. Um, is there anywhere hard. else that you want to travel to? Um, oh, but that looks long. <laughs> I want to touch every continent. I want to touch mm. every continent. Yeah. Um, definitely, it's a lot more countries in Asia. I want to hit Japan, oh, yeah. South Korea, Thailand, um, Australia. I got to hit the motherland. It's a lot of countries in the motherland I want to see. I said that too. Yeah. Um, uh, down, I ain't been to the I've been to the Bahamas three times. I ain't saw Jamaica. I ain't saw uh, Virgin Islands. I ain't seen mm-hmm. none of the rest of the Caribbean. See the rest of the Caribbean, Central America, mm-hmm. South America. Uh, but I believe I believe that you're gonna be blessed so much that you can you're gonna, get you're gonna be jumping on a flight every right. every day going to All these the countries world. that you're mentioning. Right. You know, and make sure um, you documented the whole time exactly. every every trip. Yeah, exactly, yeah. walk with someone to you know document the entire thing, man, and yeah. you know because that is the power of the mind. You know, you experience something, good or bad, and it stays with you for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and then you determine. You 
determine what yes. happens after that. It's all on you. Is it gonna make you, or is it gonna break you? Thanks. You know what I'm <laughs> so oh, I'm telling you, bro. We let me speak for myself. <laughs> I go through a lot on a daily basis. A lot of people would not have been able to survive. Mm. But my determination to get up every morning, mm -hmm. because I tell myself, if it kills me, I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to press forward. I definitely. You see what I'm saying? And I feel that if everyone has that mentality and that outlook through whatever problems or situation that they may go through in this thing called life, because I don't think life was intended to be easy. <laughs> and even for a lot of the, the people with wealth and money that we look at and think that they're living the life. And they're even more depressed than you. Behind closed doors, we don't know. So we must be happy and appreciative of the life that we are living, even if it's the worst. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even if we think it's the worst life we, we, we are experiencing, you know? And obviously, you learn a valuable lesson from your story, and you are living proof because you're talking to us today and sharing it with the world through your podcast also. Through your book. Through your book, you know. So um, all I can say is keep doing what you're doing man definitely okay. i definitely say that for sure keep spreading keep, keep the word yeah. that you have of your experience of who you are and everything because manifesting and positive energy and that mental like capability that you said that got you through it you could help somebody else more most yeah. definitely because the mental is the first because you, right. if your mental ain't right and your spirit and everything gets in right and you're just trying to keep going in this world, you got to get your mental right. This is why so many people will suffer in depression and be sitting in it for so long because they don't they don't get the tools to be able to go through it and get through it. That's why Fair. me, I'm big on my mental, positive energy, and nothing negative. So I understand that for sure. You yeah. fight with your mental and you learn how to change it, how to grow, how to enjoy breathing in this air. And looking up oh, at yeah. that sun, mm -hmm. loving the skin that you're in and life and know where you're going and where you want to go. So I definitely agree with that. And at, sure. at that young age where you experienced this, for you to come out of it um, stronger. Mm -hmm. Some people, that, that I know it was a brief stint, but it yeah. would have, it would have it, driven some people crazy. Yeah. You that see, yeah. and you were what, 22 years old, yeah. you know, language barrier, <laughs> being Other in a people, country where... Most of the population doesn't look like you. You know, there was mm -hmm. so much that you were up against. But here you are telling your story today. Other people would have been broken down from Man. that type of experience. <laughs> In another country? Yeah. Just back from alone. Jesus. You know, um, we, we just want to thank you for coming on today and sharing with us. And, um, you know, we're going to make sure that this get out there. And, um, man... I think there's only up from here for you. Oh, you definitely. know, definitely. you're going to be elevated to a much level, a, a much different level because your vision and your um, your vision for yourself is so much more defined and clear mm -hmm. as a result of, in part, of what what the things that you've been through. You know, yes. um, 
And I would like to just sit back and watch the journey from this point on. <laughs> you know, I'm, I have your number, so we're going to keep in touch, you know. We are going to keep in touch and, and check in with you every now and then. See if you talk to Tyler Perry or anybody. You know, um, we just want to wish you the best, man. From the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of his heart, Absolutely. I'm sure. We want to wish you all the best going forward. Most definitely. Big goals, big dreams, big vision, as you have, just like we have. And when you stick with that and let no one deter you, you're going to keep going higher. I already see it because yes. it's yeah. amazing to hear already what you are doing now from what you've been through to where you are to where you're going. You seem oh, yeah. to have a full plate, you know. And, uh, right. <laughs> I mean, stay with a positive mind. Yeah. So that's what yeah. keeps you going. When you stay with a positive mind and you don't think about it dragging you down and you just stay with a positive mind with all the things that you're doing, that's why you're just going to keep going higher. Do you still smoke? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Never let no hard time humble us. <laughs> okay, okay. You thought that was going to stop? Started, I, I mean, I got your ass. <laughs> you thought that was going to stop? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. No, I shouldn't have been smoking out there. That's the only, that's 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 the, that's the only right, thing. That's right, the only thing, right? Right, right, right. But once again, like what we said, you just, people travel and see the world, but make sure you know about what yeah. other countries yeah. are, know what you're up against. What you, before yeah, you before get you get there, yeah. know their yeah. laws, know what you yeah. can and cannot do. Yeah. Don't try to just still be an American like you still here. Like you said, be very mindful of where you are. Just like what happened with Benny Garner, mm. her being there for almost a year in jail, like that. Like he had that kind of amount and she was in there for almost a whole year straight. And whatever other country you're thinking about visiting next from this experience, make sure you buy Babel. <laughs> Learn the language, bro. Learn the language. So that, God forbid, something goes down, good or bad. Yeah. Or download an app, because I think uh, it's an yeah. app, too. <laughs> well, now we have yeah, apps all apps, over, so you know? Just so, put, the phone, put the phone up to their face and let them talk. And we wish you all the best once again. Most and, um, you know, we'll be in touch. We definitely, definitely look forward to next time. Hey, likewise, appreciate y'all for having me. Big shout out to everyone that tuned in to the whole episode. If you made it to this, made it this far. Oh, uh, before we go, by the way, before we go, please tell everyone where they can listen to your podcast, where they can purchase your, your book, book, give all your information. How so, could we forget that? Right. <laughs> it was a great Literally conversation. Never, it was a great conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, the best search engine we got, Google. Google mm. Chancellor K. Jackson. Everything you need pop up from my social media accounts to my website, chancellorkjackson.com. My books, which are available on Amazon, as well wow. as uh, my website. Uh, for my non-readers out there, like they said, we got the audio book for 14 Days in Beijing, and I'm narrating it. It's a vibe. Um, that's available I'm on gonna, YouTube. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely, definitely going to get a copy of it. it I'm going to get a copy just to support you, my brother. Yeah, listen, listening yeah. to it, yeah. you put me right in there with the way you describe everything, put you right <laughs> in it. I was like... <laughs> and you know what? One of the ideas, I, I, I know we've been going on and on, but one of the ideas that coming to me now is that it probably would be a good idea to see if you can um, try to get your experience into some of these prisons, to some of these mm. inmates, because a lot of people are broken yeah, and they think that they cannot and will never get out of the situation, but you're living proof of that. And when they come out, they don't know what to do. 
Thanks. And I think your your experience can help to motivate and also keep a lot of these people out of prison when they finally, some of them, when they finally come out, you know? That's so a there's a lot of stuff to think about, bro. Oh, me. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah I, I got a couple partners that, you know what I'm saying, that's serving time. I just sent them copies of all my books, you awesome. know what I'm saying? Awesome. Awesome. I'm like, if I get books in jail, Start reading 14 days. Just go crazy in prison. It's out, oh, man. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. So, so how many books have you written? Um, I got three published books. Well, no, four mm-hmm. published books, three that I wrote. And they're all on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the four okay. books that's uh, published. So, like I said, I'm helping people. I'm coaching people through the process, the publishing process. So I had one client who published this book to my publishing company. Um, his book is titled "The Fatherless Child" by Anthony McKinney. And he was ranked the number one two different genres on his release. And his book is about his experience growing up in rural Mississippi back in the nineties. Wow. How he was molested before the age of ten by he was molested twice by pretty much kids themselves and how that whole experience shaped him and shifted his whole paradigm and resulted in him being who he is today. Um it's a very, very powerful read. Very, very powerful read. I'm working with a couple other folks. You know what I'm saying? So just continuing to, you know what I'm saying, help people bring their stories to life, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And wait, you said this is under your publishing company? Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. You are doing it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm sure Sherry's going to do it too, but I'm speaking for myself now. <laughs> I'm going to buy, I'm going to support all of your book. Most definitely. But when I come to Atlanta yeah, and see you on the street, stop and autograph my book. Mm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't you, uh, you don't know me, bro. <laughs> you, uh, you get your copy from my website, I'll be able to sign it then. If you order okay. from Amazon, it's gonna come straight from it's print on demand. So. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, mm. so uh, Chancellor, the website is chancellorajackson.com. Yeah, Chancellor, Chancellor K. Jackson.com. K. Jackson. See? Chancellor K. Jackson. All right, I will definitely do that, my brother. This For has sure. been another episode of Soul Food, Food and Lemonade. Soul Food is the information and the, the knowledge we hope that we give to you. And lemonade is what you choose to extract from the information and everything that we, we present on this podcast. Um, Sheriff, any final words or thoughts well as i do and always say we are thankful for everybody that watched listened and subscribed liked shared continue to do so but also i say and i say this as always protect your peace it means the most protect your mind that is what is going to carry you through this world and through life make sure you are good first your mental your emotional your spiritual is what matters first you cannot help anyone if your cup is empty. Fill you up first, and then you can do for the world. This is why it's my co-host, the <laughs> preacher in the house. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for watching Soul Food and Lemonade. Until next time, stay blessed, stay safe. Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Food and Lemonade. Be sure to visit our website at anchor.fm forward slash soulfoodandlemonade where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts to name a few or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, 
if you found value in this show, we appreciate a rating and a comment on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about us, that will help as well. Please make a donation to sustain future episodes.